This is Saturday, January 29th, and we're finishing up this week, week four, of our study of the book of Ecclesiastes. When I was living in New Jersey, I was invited to join a board that oversaw ministry to high school-age students. The unusual thing about it was that the ministry was to prep school students. It wasn't an urban ministry to poor or middle-class students. The students in the area prep schools came from some of the wealthiest families in the country and even across the world. I never considered that they might be in great need of the gospel. I never considered how troubled their family experience might be. I had never considered how growing up wealthy could disfigure a child and taint their outlook on life and really put their future in jeopardy. I had never given much thought to their need for the gospel. Now, when we think of Jesus, we think of him going to the poor. Thousands of poor peasants followed Jesus through Galilee, and they were hanging on his every word. Jesus reached to the very fringe of Jewish society, to people that had been overlooked, and frankly, they had been left out. We may miss, however, how Jesus' ministry was equal opportunity. Jesus also went to the rich. Jesus' love knew no bounds. He loved indiscriminately, you might say. But with the rich, things were different. In Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, recorded in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor. This was his way of explaining that wealth can be a barrier to coming to God and resting in his grace. And the remarkable thing was, Poverty that seemed to be such a handicap for many that lived in Galilee actually turned out to be an advantage for them. It opened the way for them to receive Jesus and welcome the kingdom of God. You see, they knew they knew they needed help. He who has his own kingdom isn't looking for another, but he who has nothing is looking for a kingdom. We find an explanation of this principle in James chapter 1, verse 9 to 10. Brothers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. This was a strange upside-down way of looking at the world. But the poor, living in humble circumstances, can rejoice in the position they have in the kingdom of Jesus. And on the contrary, the rich are clinging to wealth that will pass away, and this keeps them from God's kingdom. So Jesus sought to bring salvation to the rich as well, to free them from their money sickness. One of the most beautiful stories comes from the life of a man named Zacchaeus. This man lived in Jericho, and though Jewish, He had the most hated of all jobs. He collected taxes for the Roman government. He was the daily visible sign of the oppression of his own people. And those tax collectors, like Zacchaeus, got rich by adding fees to the taxes the Roman government demanded to be collected from the people. And Zacchaeus was good at it. So good at it, he had become a chief tax collector. This meant he was rich through a form of state-sanctioned extortion. It meant he was an outcast, reviled among his own people. 
but he was also searching. When the word got out that Jesus would be coming through town, he joined the crowd hoping to see Jesus. But hated as he was, the crowd had no intention of letting him get to the front. Being short of stature, seeing Jesus would be impossible. That is why he climbed a tree. Which, by the way, no self-respecting Jewish man would be caught doing. But self-respect was trumped by the desire to see the man they had heard so much about. Now, when someone important like Jesus was coming to town, the town leadership would decide the house where Jesus would be entertained and who would have the privilege of feeding and accommodating Jesus. But Jesus walked all the way through the town, sending the signal that he would go straight up to Jerusalem and not stop over for the night. Then the first surprise of this moment comes. Jesus calls out to the chief tax collector who's climbed the tree and he announces to everyone that this was the house he would be stopping at. The leadership must have been mortified. They hated this man and he was in no condition to represent the good people of Jericho. This would cause an immense commotion. It'd be a scandal in town. But Jesus went. We expect Zacchaeus to welcome him, and no doubt he did, given the honor Jesus paid him just by going to his house. Jesus surprised him even more by welcoming Zacchaeus into the kingdom of God. And then, and there, the unthinkable happened. The stronghold of money over Zacchaeus's heart, the money that had made him an outcast among his own people, was finally broken. Money was now dethroned in his heart, his life, and he pledged then and there to give half of his money to relieve the needs of the poor, and with the rest he would restore what he had extorted from the good people of Jericho. Notice what Jesus says at this point. Today, salvation has come to this house. Now, we need to be careful here. Jesus is not saying that giving up his money or caring for the poor saved Zacchaeus. No, the sign that he has been saved, that his heart has been released from the prison of greed, is that he sees his resources in a new way. They can be put in the, into the service of the living God. You see, if Jesus hadn't loved him and saved him, none of this would have been possible. Now, this week we've been exploring the good news and the bad news about money. How money cannot save us or fill the hole in our hearts. Our liberation from its dark power will not come through our willpower, but from the power of God to liberate us from all things that hold us captive. I hope it could be said of me and my family, salvation has come to this house. I want to go back very briefly to one of the boarding schools that I had the opportunity to work with. With so much wealth, really a wealth I could not imagine, I saw young people hungry for love, hungry to matter in the world. The ones with so much were still missing the most important thing in our world, fellowship with God, meaning and purpose, and the joy of being on the great adventure with the one that loves them. Let's not let the much that we have keep us from the God that loves us, but instead learn to enjoy God and his gifts. Let's pray. Lord God, how can all our winning turn to losing? How can our gains turn up as losses? It doesn't make sense until we see it is the one trying to gain the whole world 
that in the process loses his soul. Lord God, grant that thank you for seeking us out, loving us fully in Jesus. Give to us, we pray, the ability to enjoy the riches we have in him. For in his name we pray, amen.